I've been around like some very unselfish superstars. Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, very unselfish people. Even being around them and seeing them work, seeing how they approach the game and seeing how they approach life in general, even further like confirmed for me that like, nah, bro, it's not about you. Up Basketball is proud to bring you Mental Buckets, a show about professionals in sports, the stories behind their careers, and the mental toughness needed to get to the next level. This podcast is sponsored by Up Basketball. Through basketball, we strive to develop hardworking and mentally tough individuals who understand their potential is unlimited. For more information on our basketball skills training, check out our website, upbtraining.com. And I'm Packy Turner, player development coach and co-founder of Up Basketball. And I'm Mike Franco, the mental skills coach with the Dallas Mavericks and Texas Legends. Joining us on the podcast is Amari Spellman, native of Cleveland, Ohio, who went on to play at Villanova where he became a national champion on a loaded team. He then was drafted in the first round by the Atlanta Hawks, traded to the Golden State Warriors, and now is a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was lucky enough to meet Amari Spellman as he prepared for the draft, and he spent about a month with me here in the Bay Area in preparation for the draft. You're going to hear some of his stories from his youth, from his college time, and what it's been like to be a pro. Amari's a great guy with a big heart who really loves the game of basketball. In sports, we all want to be around a great environment and great people. And Omari went into the nutrition and structure he got from Villanova and being around a great culture there. And also some professional and winning habits he learned with being around the Golden State Warriors. So thank you for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, give a comment, and share it with a friend. So let's, uh, let's just go ahead and start and tell us about what it was like growing up in, in Cleveland and your childhood. Oh, man, growing up in Cleveland for me was um, challenging, honestly. Single-parent household for a majority of that time. Uh, me and my mom, my little brother and my little sister, which is actually why I wear 14. Or like when I can wear 14, I either wear 14 or 4. Because we have like our little mantra, one of four. And that's what that means to us. So... Uh, my little sister wears 14. My little brother wears 14. Uh, with the Timberwolves, I was able to wear 14. I couldn't with Golden State because um, it was retired. But that's what that was for us. But Cleveland was just, you know, a struggle, honestly. We were living in a place that, you know, kept getting broken into, things of that nature. And my mom finally just decided, like, you know, enough's enough. And um, above her means moved us out of that situation. That just gives you like an idea of what it was kind of like in Cleveland when I was yeah. growing up with my little brother and my little sister. So for us all to have made it out of that situation, my mom played Division One sports. I played D1, obviously. My little brother and my little sister both killing Division One right now. is just a blessing, man. So yeah, that was Cleveland in a nutshell for me. So then you go to Villanova, and how's that first-year transition going to a school like that, a program like that, you know, a lot of structure – how, how did that all go that first year? Uh, culture shock, because I was kind of used to just being able to do whatever I wanted, mm-hmm. basketball-wise at least. And they provided me with a lot of needed structure, not only with my body, but like as a young man, like there's, there's certain things you need to be able to understand. There's certain things you got to be able to understand how the world works, how people work, you know, respect, things of that nature that kind of took me from being where I was to where I am. And I appreciate them greatly because I could have ended up in much different, much different circumstances. So Villanova for me was 
more than just basketball. Like that was a, that was a life thing. <laughs> so, yeah. um, well, and I feel like they showed you what you can do when you're really locked in. Right. For sure. Because you got, you made a huge jump right there in that redshirt year, right? Uh, I think I remember you telling me that was that was one of the first times you were pretty big, and you you yeah. got down to what two forty five two forty five. So like yeah. that right there was like that's it gave you the ability to see you can do it. You know yeah. what I mean? For sure, because it was I had always kind of like, and that was always like a knock on me too. Like if I yeah. if I wasn't as heavy, I would have been higher than sixteen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, getting there and then just being like, yeah, bro, like, you don't really have a choice. You know what I mean? Like, they took all, do you want to do it off the table? And yeah. you kind of got to find yourself and you got to see who you really are. I've always been super competitive. Like, they would do things like, all right, like, I don't even got to yell at him. If I just challenge him competitively, he's going to go. So, like, everything became like, nah, oh, going to quit. And, me not even knowing what they're doing, my mind is like, you got me, you got me chopped. Like, there's no way you think I'm about to just go like that. And, like, at a young age, that propelled me to where I never even thought I would have been able to get to. I've never been 10% body fat in my life. What type of things did they have you doing? Hot yoga, treadmill walks with a weight vest, bike circuits, ropes, like, you name it. You know what I mean? And they were just helping me a lot. Like, John Shackleton, he's one of the best, in my opinion, in the business. I don't know what, you know what I'm saying, recruiting, like the ESPN rankings are looking like, but I feel like if you're a top kid who struggled with weight in their life, I I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, what he did for Chris Jenkins, what he did for me, what he's doing for Eric Dixon right now, like, the list goes on and on. Like, he's worked with Draymond, he's worked with Kyle Lowry, like a no transforming dude literally so i just feel like villanova as a whole yes but i i would i have to give like a, a name drop to john shackleton like he's <laughs> for real like yeah was was there a nutrition program involved in that too i'm guessing there was yeah i mean but Shaq handles all of that though like it's not even like mm-hmm. he just knows he just knows how to get results. It sounds like that first year really was a huge transitional learning point for you, not only in basketball, but kind of finding yourself as a person. For sure. That, that year was when I actually like developed and started to act on my love for writing. Um, that year, like I wrote a few poems. I remember, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, was just a, it was a trying time that year um for me mentally um so writing was just my way to to express things and donald trump had just got elected so i was really writing a lot of social justice pieces and just advocation for my people i actually did a vigil where i performed a piece entitled freedom or lack thereof and from then, I was just like, you know, writing is something I really want to do. Um, even if I'm not playing basketball, was it like became an English major, you know? So that year was way more than just basketball for me. Like I said, like I came together really as a person and like I found a sense of identity in myself so much to the fact that like I would say that year shaped me more than the year I played. Mm. That's big. 
So let's let's get into the year you start to play now. So now it's your retro freshman year, right? You guys were loaded, yeah. and you averaged 11-8 and 1.5 blocks. Yeah. Uh, so solid numbers on a loaded team full of pros. One, how how did you guys all coexist? It was never a thing where, like, one of us was hating on the other one. It was just like, yo, bro, like, we all nice, and, like, we all going to get a chance to eat. And, like, we did, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mikael had big games against Alabama in the tournament. Dante obviously has one of the biggest games against Michigan. I got my shot. Me and E got our shot against West Virginia. Like, we all got our chance to show what we could do, and it was the best thing for all of us in the end. And I think us able, like us being able to come together like that had obviously a lot to do with being at Villanova and the culture that they have there, but also, like, us as people. Like, none of us are like that. Like, none of us care who has the shine we all just want to win and we're, we were 36 and 4 so like yeah we didn't really care <laughs> we were just going and what what was your guys like collectively what do you feel like was the team's mindset that whole year and then what was yours personally i feel like the mindset was something like it's hard to explain because like with jay Wright, you know what you got to do and he ain't really he ain't really going for nothing else he don't really he don't really talk to nobody about shots. He don't really talk to nobody about stuff like that. It'd just be like, I'm gonna ask you to do a series of things. Defend, rebound, run and execute. If I say run and set, run and set correctly. Make sure you're in condition because he he makes us be in very good shape. You gotta run and then defend and rebound is like the non negotiables. If you're defending and rebounding, he don't really care what else is going on out there because he feel like that's what you need to win games other than offense. Mm-hmm. And the offense stuff is going to come because you felt like we was all super talented, which we were. So it was like, if I can get all these super talented offensive dudes to lock in to defending and rebounding, we ain't going to lose. And we didn't. What about you personally? What's your mindset that year? My mindset that year, it's like a roller coaster. You got, you got so many people, you got so many influences, so many people talking to you. And like, people forget, like, bro, you're still. 1920 you're still impressionable yeah. you know what i mean like you don't even know really what to listen to and like you haven't really seen much to be like not listening like you don't even know what's what's what to to form your own opinion on things so like that year was like trying because like on one end you're like i want to just listen to coach right and like do whatever he says and like just be here with my teammates but then you have like your mom talking to you and it's like you be damned if you don't listen to your mom and then you got your dad talking to you and then you got all these other people talking to you. So it's like, you got to really come into your own and like decide like, nah, this is what I'm going to do no matter what anybody says. And luckily for me, I've had the support system growing up, like with my mom, like my little brother, my little sister, my aunts, my uncles, um, that like I made the right choice. Like there was times early in the year that I tried to make it about me and it shows and you look bad look super bad you know what i mean and then once i like i don't even want to say conformed i want to say more so committed to making the right play doing the right thing like the basketball guy swung it in my favor and it the rest is history i feel like was there a turning point that you remember when you kind of just woke up one day and was like man today i'm just going to commit to all this man we went to i remember i remember coming in i won't say i had the big head 
But I was confident, so confident to the point where, like, I didn't know what reality was, if that makes sense. I needed to be, like, humbled a little bit, and sure enough, we go to Atlantis, Battle for Atlantis, and we win the tournament. But, like, for the, like, three, four games we was out there, I averaged, like, I want to say, like, four and four. But, like, playing, like, big minutes, though. Like, it's, like, just playing, like, 25, 30 minutes a night, getting four and four. And I remember specifically asking myself, I was like, yo, bro, do I suck? Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, am I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I remember, like, it hurt me. So I just started, I got in the gym and I was like, refocused, recommitted, no, no ego, no, no anything. Back to like, I'll do this because I love it. I'm not doing this for, for, for clout. I'm not doing this for Instagram followers. I'm doing this because, yo, bro, you love basketball. And you'd be damned if you go out there and perform that way again. And then the very next game, we played, like, Penn. And, like, I had, like, I don't even want to call it a breakout game, but I had a game that felt good. Like, I was passing the ball, playing well, defending. Like, it was like, okay, this is how you're supposed to play. Like, whenever you try to make it about you, you, like, that's not – you You can't even play in that because that's not even how you play. Everyone starts telling you, like, once you get to college, it's like a – I don't even want to say a top kid. But when you get to college in general, people are like, got to be about you, 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 you. And that's, like, the furthest thing from the truth. Like, if you go in there as a freshman trying to make it about yourself, all right, it may work out for certain people, but most people it don't. So when I just got back to playing the right way and doing things the right way, like, I would say that's when the turning point really came. And that was right after Battle for Atlanta. Yeah, and it's and it's funny, like, you know, the irony in all of that is, the less you make it about you, the the better things and come to you. For sure. I'm like a huge believer in that. Like whenever, like, even if you know, like, I know there's certain players that are like, no, when I go out there, I'm getting 20 shots a game. But like, even those players, I feel like the best people who are big time scorers, like, it's about the team. You know what I'm saying? I think those are the best leaders and those produce championships, in my opinion. Like, I've been around like some very unselfish superstars clay thompson stephen curry draymond green very unselfish people even being around them and seeing them work seeing how they approach the game and seeing how they approach life in general even further like confirmed for me that like nah bro it's not about you and even if it is about you don't make it about you you feel me and like yep. that mm-hmm. was something that i'll hold with me for like ever what was it like winning the national championship what was that feeling like and that like how how'd you take that in you work so hard for something that you kind of don't really know how to act when you get it. And I don't know if I should be like, like you, like the buzzer goes off and you kind of like, for me at least, I kind of like pause for a second. Like, yo, wait a second. Like, <laughs> nah, like, is this like real life? Like, is this, is this like actually happening to me? Do you like realize like, nah, bro, like you really just won a national championship. Something no one can ever take from you. Like, for so like for as long as you live, like you will always have that. Kid from Cleveland used to get his house broken into, used to sleep on like pissy mattresses, like all these things, like you just won a national championship. Like something nobody thought you were gonna do. And it was just a crazy a crazy feeling for me personally. And then let's talk about that transition now from from that to, you know, uh, entering the NBA. You know, what was it like going through that pre-draft process for you? 
um, and the transition where it's, you know, now it's all on you, right? Yeah. Um, even though I was like, I felt like I was an NBA player personally. So I told Coach Wright, like, I'm entering the draft with like serious, serious intent to stay in the draft. And he was like, you just got to get feedback first. And I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's all cool. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going into these workouts to kill people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no – I was a very plan A mentality, and if plan A didn't work, I'm going to try plan A again, and if it don't work, all right, then we'll go back to school. Like, I was, <laughs> I wanted to exhaust all possibilities. Yeah. I mean, that's I, actually – that's when we connected for the first time. Yeah. And that's when, you yeah. know, I would say – I saw a pro like you came in and you came in to work and you were focused and you were ready. Like you went into every workout that I saw with a mentality of, I'm going to prove one, not only do I belong here, but that I'm going to be here for a long time. And that was and it, really like, even while learning new stuff, like I would say, maybe like, I don't know if you could attest to this, but like, I think I had like pro talent without really knowing like pro stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of work to do. That, like, you made a lot of changes to your game in a short period of time. I think for me, I was kind of just wide eyed. But one thing I felt like I was going to do is I was going to play hard as hell. Like, so if you don't, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he might not know this move, he might not know this technicality, but. He just diving. He's trying to make plays. He might not even be able to make whatever the case may be. He's just going. And I think that helped me more so even than my talent at the time. Yeah. The the level which you wanted it was uh, on another level. Like, you really were that hungry for it. Them was, them was some fun workouts, too, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Some good times, man. For sure. Heading into the rookie year now, the regular season, you guys go into training camp. When did you start to get clarity on what they wanted from you? So honestly, man, I didn't have the best rookie year. Um, And I'm talking about from the standpoint of like understanding like all the facets to being a pro. Like, I know, like, this may not even been, like, what you guys are, like, looking for out of interview, but, like, my first year was a struggle. Like, uh, like 1,000%, like, struggle. Some, like, lone bright spots. But, like, most of my rookie year was, like, all struggle. I ended up, like, so I gained weight, which was, a like, was already bad. But then I got hurt. And then that compounded on itself. And by the time I was, like, turning the corner, coming around, I got hurt again. By the time I got hurt again, like the second time when I hurt my ankle, it was like 10 games left in the season. They was like, if you come back, you will be coming back for like the last two games. So like they shut me down. And then coming back from that was a struggle. And then I never really had a chance to get back in the swing of things. I played two games at Summer League for that following year. And then I was a Golden State. I was one of the Golden State Warriors already. Like, it happened so fast. That year is kind of a blur. Yeah, it's it's tough to adjust to all that comes with it. And 
you go from like you said at at Villanova so much structure to honestly so much freedom yeah and and it's fast paced freedom like you're in a new city you know in two days I feel like yeah. experience is the best teacher in a lot of situations and I just didn't have the experience you know what I mean like now I know like all right bro like this is how I can healthily maintain a good body weight to play at. Now, this is how I can can keep my shot tight throughout the season. Like, this is how I can, like, all these things that I wasn't able to do or I hadn't figured out yet my first year, I had figured out and was doing going into my second year. And I felt like I was in a really good place. And I think that's one of the things, like, do I, do I wish my first year in the league went differently? Yes. But am I appreciative of the lessons that it taught me going forward for the next opportunity? Also, yes. And the biggest lesson I learned would be that no matter how strong your sense of will or no matter how ready you think you are, you can't do it by yourself. It come back to bite you because it's like, you think you know so much because you've gotten further than a lot of people around you. But like in terms of where you currently are, like you don't know a damn thing. You really don't even know what you don't know. So Mm -hmm. that year taught me to like let people in and ask for help. Don't be so, don't be so stubborn. Don't be so, don't be so quick to say, nah, I got it. Cause like, what if you don't realistically, then what, what do you do now? And that wasn't something I was willing to face. I wasn't willing to face the possibility that I didn't know an answer. Now, now you got a, you know, traded to the warriors. You're in the Bay. Um, how, like, what is that to you? Like, what did it mean to be there? I know, honestly, when you were going through the process, that's a spot that you thought you might land at 28, like you said. You know, we talked about it. You killed those workouts. So you felt real confident about it. You liked the system, and now you got a chance to be there. Once I got to Golden State and I saw what it was really about, it not only, like, quickly helped me get out of that, like, thinking I know everything, because, like, now you're in front of people who, like, no, these dudes actually have it figured out. You know what I mean? Like, been, like, one of the best teams in the league for the last five. Like, been, if not the very best team in the league for the past five years. So, for me, I was just trying to, like, soak everything in. And it being that, like, in my pre-draft, like, I was drawing comparisons to Draymond. Like, I was just trying to listen to him, like, about whatever he was talking about. Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. being around guys that I respected so much, you know what I mean, that were in close – like, I won't say in close proximity to me, but, like, like them being, like, right there. Like, I'm seeing Steph. Like, I'm seeing – I'm, like, literally watching Steph go, go through a shooting workout and miss, like, four times. I'm in practice competing against Draymond, watching him, like – go to another level competitively and I'm trying to match that. Like it was it was a lot it was a lot easier for me to be humble. And then 
having the foresight, like having the understanding to realize like, nah, that's how you need to be all the time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to like check myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I hate to even say it like this. I had to check myself honestly because the last thing I wanted was for like Draymond to have to check me. Like, cause he's very confrontational. And I was like, yo, that'll be the worst thing ever that like you come in here smelling yourself and now you done made enemies with certain people. And I was like, that's the last thing I want. So it humbled me pretty quick. And I was able to like perform and capitalize during stretches that honestly gave me the confidence that I was an NBA player back. Because mm-hmm. after after I got traded, like I honestly was you were so low. humbled. I was yeah, that is the best way I could explain it. Like I was like I was very low on myself and that was a place I had never been before. You know what I'm saying? Like as I told you, I've always had it like, nah, I got it. I know everything. I could do this mentality and getting traded was like the ultimate. No, you don't got it. And it was like a very low point. Right. It seemed like everything that worked for you before didn't work. It wasn't working at all. <laughs> and I didn't have the discipline at the time to put certain things in place for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I got, to me, honestly, I felt like I'm on a two-year contract. One year of it's already gone, and I've been traded to a situation that's completely foreign. And I'm like, all right, this year is is like the most important year like of my career to date. And I'm like, if if things don't go well here, bro, you you out of there. You know what I mean? Like and that humbling experience like brought me back to reality of like no like again, like we was talking about, not about me. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta figure out how to incorporate yourself with other people. Ask for help, get help and the Golden State Warriors like helped me a lot, but like it was weird because they helped me while still letting me be me. Like, I oh you like to like kill yourself to exhaustion. We're gonna let you do that. We're just gonna monitor it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause honestly, that's how I was staying in shape when I was in college, and like I wasn't really allowed to do it in the NBA as much. Like, I'm talking like hot yoga at five a.m finish hot yoga, get some get some breakfast right quick, lift, and then get 1,500 calories. Like, get on the treadmill with a weight vest going at a 10 incline until I reach 1,500 calories, coming back, having practice, finishing practice, then coming back late at night for my own shots. Like, that was a, like a three times a week. Only thing changing about that for the rest of the days is that I don't have hot yoga. So, like, so, like, I was used to Golden State let me get back to that old school. That's how you work. Work how you work. Go ahead. And they let me. And I, as you can see, like, my weight was fine. Like, like it was. It was, was back to back where you needed to be. Hooping. Yeah. And it was just so, like, damn near seamless. And to be around the guys that I was around, you know, helped me a lot too. Like being around E, like I didn't feel alienated. I was like, yo, bro, I know E. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. I've known E for dumb. Right. I, even though I had never met him, like 
Kai Bowman, he'll be that my was, brother forever, bro. Yeah, that was your, your dude right off forever. the bat. Like, you brought him into yeah. a workout real quick. He'll be my brother forever. Me and him click on a completely different level. To be around E, Kai, JF, JP, a certain situation made me fall out of love, but I started to fall in love with, like, basketball again. Like, I was like, it wasn't work anymore. Like, it was. It got to a point in time where, like, basketball felt like work. And that sucked, honestly. To get back to a situation around people, around a culture where basketball was basketball again. Basketball's not work, bro. Like, I love basketball. I loved basketball since I was a little kid. To get that back was the dopest part of being in Golden State. Cool. So now, you know, getting traded and now you're in Minnesota, you know, what's that like for you? Um, I'm kind of just there and, you know, waiting for my opportunity, staying ready, and um, just trying to be the best professional I can be. You mentioned when you started your career, you didn't realize how many facets there were to being a pro. So yeah. you go to Golden State the next year, and you have three guys, like you said, that are, are selfless and, and professionals and have proven it. What did you take away from, from those guys the most in, in terms of the core warriors that you, you know, looked at in that time? Was there anything you took from them, either directly what they told you or just by observing? Like just through observing them, it just shows you that there are levels. Like I've always looked at myself as like hella competitive. Like somebody who competes, competes. And then you like get into like and then you get into practice and like you're matched up with Drake. And now it's like you get to see what you really made of. And then you get to see that like, like I said, there's levels. Like you think you're like you think you're you're having a good a good outing against Drake because you might have scored two times, two three times, and we only going to eleven. But Dre might have scored once, but he done blocked your shot. He done got six rebounds going to eleven, and he done donned like five people. Now you like, am I really playing well, or did I just kind of outscore him a little bit? Like, like you gotta further. You gotta think like. It ain't even about this. It's not even about me. It's not about him. Like, just learning, like, how they approach everything is, like, nothing about me matters as long as we go. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing I took from that situation in talking to Dre. Like, Dre honestly feels like, yeah, I could average 15 points. So, like, do those – are those 15 points? Are those 15 points even important if we're worse off as a team? Yeah, I might have been able to show you I could score. But, like, for what our, for what my team needs, like, like I said earlier in the interview, like, even before, like, it ain't about me. Like, dang near like a forget-me mentality. I feel like he has. So, like, and I know he does his little thing in the media where, like, he plays the villain better than damn near anybody. I feel like, <laughs> but like, if you yeah. really like, if you really know Dre, like, if you really talk to Dre, like, Dre is like, I think he's one of the most misunderstood athletes of like all time. He's a great dude. He hasn't. 
very he has a very I could give a damn what you think approach about it. And I think that's what turns people off. I think that's what gets people to wanting to to hate him. But like if you really know Dre, it's like the weirdest shit ever. Like it's he's like <laughs> he'll he'll mess with Steph, but you're not gonna mess with Steph. <laughs> like he'll mess with Clay, but you're not gonna mess with Clay. Like he's one of them. Like he's like a real the best way I can describe him is like an older brother you never wanted. Like <laughs> But, like, you love him anyway. Like, he's yeah. dumb annoying. He gonna fuck with you. He gonna pick at you. He gonna, he gonna do all the annoying stuff that a look like that an older brother gonna do. That's awesome. That's I, got, I got one last one for you. What, uh, yeah. what are you most proud of? I am most proud of being a beacon of hope in my community. And not only Cleveland, but New York, Philly, being able to be someone that, like, can be pointed to, you can do that. You can make it out, too. You don't, whether, whether, it don't even have to be basketball. And I think that's the piece that I wanted to bring on even, like, later on and learning. Like, basketball may be the platform, but it don't have to be the finish. Basketball gave me the platform that, like, I can get my degree. And now I can do whatever I want after. And, like, we don't have, like, a lot of success stories like that in Cleveland, I feel like. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I want to bring the other piece that isn't basketball. That's why I talk about my poetry. To let a little kid know, like, yeah, basketball may be because you don't have the financial means to get there. It might be your, your means to get into where you want to go. But you can do whatever you want. And that would be what I'm most proud of is being a beacon of hope. Well, Mari, man, thank you for coming on. We really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you to Amari Spellman for joining us today. Personally, I really enjoyed having him on as you guys got to see a little bit of his growth from when I first met him to now. When I first met him, he was still young and not fully mature yet. Now, just two short years into the NBA, you can see his maturity and his growth as an individual, as a teammate, and just as an overall human being. I'm excited to see what the future holds for him, and I know great things are in store as he has a heart of gold and he works his tail off. What I really got out of this conversation was the habits you develop early on, whether it's in high school, college, or the NBA, it just really matters at each level. And so does the environment you're in. Uh, But through it all, really what you got to do is find the habits, routine, and environment that works for you. And there's incredible value in being in a team-first environment because you can see others modeling and showing you the way. And then you carry that on every stop you go to. So please remember to give us a comment, subscribe, give it a like, a rating, and please share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. Our show was produced by Ellie Lieberman and Bianca Turner. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Mental Buckets, at UPB Training, and at Pat Turn with three Ts. Special thank you to Bennett Christensen for the beat and sound engineering.